God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace. That was Wednesday evening. There were 60 people here on Wednesday evening. There were 48 pledges made. Rusty Lewis said it would be a spiritual thing that happened here. 48 pledges that were made, the total was $496,000. 48 pledges, 850 families in this congregation who we all hope will make a pledge. 48 pledges, $496,000. A couple of people said, don't share that number because others will hear it and say, ah, they got enough. Others said, you have to share that number so the people can see what God is doing here. There's a gift of $75,000. There was a gift of $60,000. There was a gift of $50,000. Three gifts of 30,000, many gifts of 10,000, 15, four gifts of 20,000. Do you remember what Rusty Lewis said when he was here? If you look at that chart and you see the numbers there, he said if just the top half gave, we'd only be halfway there. And if just the bottom half gave, we'd only be halfway there. It has to be a united effort. 32 years ago, when we built this by God's grace, people pledged, but they also did something else. They bought pews. I'm going to buy a pew. I'm going to buy the altar. I'm going to buy the candlesticks. I'm going to buy the pulpit. And that made them feel a part of it. We don't need anything like that. A way to feel a part of that is to pray to God this week and say, Lord, what amount do you think I can pledge? Rusty Lewis said, going to be a spiritual thing. And I said, Rusty, we need to raise a million dollars. He said, Paul, you get to get your mind right. Uh, this is going to be a spiritual thing. You look at these videos. Emily Williams, Jackie Genius, B. Fields, the one you're going to hear today, Bill Hausenjager. You look at Pastor Schauer's sermon last week, one of the most extraordinary sermons I've ever heard on stewardship. If you were one of the 700 here, you were blessed. If you weren't here, you need to go online. You need to listen to this message. Rusty Lewis said it's going to be a spiritual thing. The young man who came up to me two weeks ago after the 930 service, Says to me, Pastor, you confirmed me 22 years ago. Haven't given a penny. (laughs) Haven't given a penny. Never thought about giving an offering to the Lord. Maybe I'd throw in 20 when I came at Christmas or Easter. But never thought about giving an offering. Pastor, I'm going to make a pledge. He said a couple years ago you were preaching on stewardship and it hit me broadside. And I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start giving an offering but at the end of that week, I had a $1,200 automobile repair bill, and that, uh, that uh, desire quickly faded. He said, not this time, not this time. Pledge is coming, and these offerings that I have 
neglected to give all these years, they're coming. It was payback time. And then last week, he's dancing all over the place. He said, you listen to Shower Sermon? I said, yeah, I've heard it three times. He said, that's extraordinary. I said, amen to that. He said, Shower's talking about me. That ladder, remember the ladder? Pastor, yeah, I remember the ladder. He's talking about me. I would come and visit and, and say, this is good, you know, and then go on my way. And now, for the first time, because of this capital campaign, there's something happening in this congregation I haven't felt ever. And I want to be a part of it. I'm going to be the second rung of the ladder. I'm going to start giving a percentage to the Lord. And maybe in two or three years, I'll climb up to the tithe. But I want to be a part of this. Rusty Lewis said, going to be a spiritual thing. I mentioned on Wednesday evening a, a lady, a single mom in our school, a single mom, and she turned in a pledge. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what are you doing? You're a single mom, you got two kids, what are you doing? And I got emotional as I thought about what she was doing. And then two days later, her two children send in a pledge. My goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Gentleman's only been a member for three months. Turns in a pledge, a substantial. I'm sitting there thinking, you've only been here for two and a half, three months. What are you doing? He sees what's going on here. Feels a life and an energy in this place. The spirit that hovered has descended. And as we come to next Sunday, God be with you. You don't want this season to pass you by. You want to be able to say a year from now, 10, 20 years from now, I was part of that. God's plan of economy. 2 Corinthians 9, which was read earlier. If you sow sparingly with your time, uh, the 60 years God gives you on this earth, the 28 years, uh, the 92, if you sow sparingly with your time, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow generously with your time uh, allotted, with your talents, with your treasures, you will reap generously. Let each person give as their heart leads them to give, not out of compulsion or out of need. For God loves one whose heart has been moved by the Spirit to give what they give of their time, their talents, and their treasures. Two points. God owns and administrates all the wealth in this world and the next. The wealth of this earth is not administered by the Federal Reserve Bank, by some clever tycoons over in Arabia or Iran or Iraq. It's owned and administered by God himself. He has one way to administer. Are you ready? You, look to your right. 
Look to your left. That's who he used to administrate his wealth. You and me. He doesn't micromanage. My dear papa, my dad, in heaven four years now as of yesterday, my dad micromanaged. Love you, pops. Maybe you work for a boss who micromanages. Heaven forbid you have a spouse that micromanages. God does not micromanage. He gives you guidelines. Right here in his word, he gives you guidelines. Told you many, many times his guidelines. People you treat with kindness. That's his guideline with God's people. You treat them with kindness. Whether they're a friend, a spouse, your children, or your parents, you treat them with kindness. People on the train, people in the neighborhood, people at work, you treat them with kindness. The stranger there is holding the sign, out of work, please help, you treat them with kindness. Your enemies, you treat with kindness. Romans twelve seventeen. bless those who curse you. Bless them, pray for them, do not curse them back. You treat people with kindness. Guidelines in his book. Second thing is circumstances. You treat them with faith. You're writing your Christmas letter, okay? If you haven't started, you need to start, okay? That old Christmas letter that gets sent out to 50, 100 people. And when you're writing the Christmas letter, and the circumstance you're talking about is one of great joy... Baby came this year, got engaged this year, got married this year, got this new job this year. When you come to that part of your letter, you put down your pen, you lift up your hands and you say, Oh, if I forgot to thank you, God, I'm going to thank you for that blessing. And if while you're writing your Christmas letter, you have to put the pen down because tears are coming down your face and they're staining the paper because you're writing about something that is just almost nightmarish. Then you put down that pen and you lift up your hands and say, God, I cannot survive this without you. I'm writing about this event. They're going to read it, but it has hit me to the core. I cannot survive this without you. Walk with me through this valley. And he will. Even the valley of the shadow of death, he will. Treat your circumstances with faith. The blessings came from him, not your wisdom, not your wealth, not your power, not your connections. They came from him. And the circumstances of your life that breed such fear, sorrow, grief, anger, you treat them with faith. I turn this to you, God. I sit back. I leave this in your lap. I walk away. Provide your healing. You treat people with kindness, treat circumstances with faith. And you treat your treasures, not talking about the people in your life. They are your true treasures. Talking about the paycheck that Pastor Shower talked about last week. He nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. When he came to talking about the tithe, he said, you ain't going to be able to do it right away, most of you. Build up to it. When you decide that you're going to do something as foolish as run the Chicago Marathon, you don't start running 40 miles a week. 
You run a half mile and then you build up. And, and after a couple of weeks, you're running a mile perhaps. You build up. And after a couple of years, you're there. You ready? So it is with the tithes. Remember last week, he's holding up uh, dollar bills, $10 bills. Well, I got $20 bills here. I got $20 bills. I got security around me this morning. There's $10, uh, $20 bills. And God said, you keep nine, you give me back one. As Pastor Charles said last week, it gets harder as the zeros get bigger, right? You build up to the tithe. I like the fact that Pastor Sauer last week brought in 1 Corinthians 16 too. On the first day of the week, set aside a portion of your income according as God has blessed. Set it aside. A portion. Doesn't say a tithe. Says a portion. You build up to that tithe. Matthew 23, 23. Second presupposition. He wants all his wealth in circulation. How do we know that? Because nature itself is indicative. The young man, he said, I remember your sermon a couple of years ago where you talk about circulation. Once everything in circulation. When he creates his serves, he says, let there be light. You say, yeah, that's the sun, moon, and stars. No, it's not. That didn't come to the fourth day. When he says, let there be light, he's talking about himself. Putting himself in circulation. He is God. God could have said, my time is mine, my telling is mine, my treasures are mine. I'm keeping it for myself. But he put himself in circulation. Great power, great love, and great wisdom. Let there be light. And there is God spreading himself throughout the universe. When he creates all forms of life. From the vegetable to the microbe to the mammoth, everything on God's earth. When he created it, he said, give of yourself so that all might be blessed. Microbe, give of yourself. Mammoth, give of yourself. Vegetable, give of yourself. Plants, land, animals, water. Give of yourself so that all might be blessed. If the sun said, I'm not going to give my light, you can shut her down. Because we're dead and gone. The plant that Pastor Sauer talked about last week. If a plant said, I'm going to live for myself. I'm going to not produce any seed. When that plant died two weeks ago when the first frost came, we got nothing. The plant is dead. He produced no seed. But when a plant produces seed, you have a hundred more plants the next year. God meant that which we have to be in circulation. He didn't bless you so you can be bloated. He didn't bless you so you can be bloated with blessing. He blessed you so that it might come forth from you. There's a verse in the Bible, very, 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 very ironic. I always use it when I baptize somebody. John 7, 38, it says, Streams of living water shall go forth from you if you believe in Christ. 
It does not say streams of living water will enter you. It says streams of living water will go forth from you. By this, Jesus meant the Holy Spirit. It enters you indeed, and then it goes forth so that your life touches other lives. God's plan of economy you get by giving. Pastor Sauer again last week. Your life, if it's a closed fist, is nothing. Your life, if it's an open hand, is everything. Once a month I go to children's hospitals. Once a month I go to Mantino or to Heinz Veterans Hospital. When I go, I always have an envelope with me. There's money in that envelope. Two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars. And when I talk to a veteran or their families, or I talk to someone who's had a child in the hospital, not for days, but for weeks, crushes my heart. Reminds me of Connie and myself with John and Josh. He always leads me to someone that I give the envelope to. Sometimes I ask them whether I can pray for them. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I tell them I'm a minister, never where I minister at. Sometimes I don't. When I give them the envelope, they are not looking at my face. They are looking at the envelope. When I give them the envelope, I am never looking at the envelope. I'm looking at their face. Sometimes there are tears, sometimes there are startlements, sometimes there's a questioning look. Rarely do they open the envelope when I'm there. I tell them, open it later. And inside is the money, and there's a little note inside every envelope, and it says, God is with you. Just that reminder. Pastor Sauer had it right. Your life is a closed fist. What are you doing? Your life is an open hand. It's everything. You grow in your character by giving. You are not selfish. You are not shallow. You grow in your faith by giving. You stop worrying so much about your money. And you grow in your relationship with God himself. Oh, dear Rusty Lewis, how correct you were. Pastor, it's not a million dollar thing. It's a spiritual experience. Your people and you, Pastor, and your church will go through. I, like Cindy Zorina, was so touched Wednesday night as people came up with their pledge cards. It was very quiet in the church, and you had people coming up holding hands, Terry and Cherry Sunkey, Pastor Shower and his wife Kathy, holding hands as they come up for that sacred moment. I close, I close with the widow of Zarephath, Old Testament. Elijah the prophet comes to her house. He hasn't bathed in quite some time, a ratty old robe. 
He says to her, I'm hungry, give me a biscuit. The widow of Zarephath says to Elijah, Are you out of your mind? There's a famine in the land, hasn't rained in three years, everyone's dying. Come into the house, Elijah, let me show you something. She shows him her oil container, and she shows him the flour she has. She says to Elijah, I have enough flour, enough oil to feed me and my son tonight, and then we're done, and then we'll die. There's none to share with you, Elijah. Elijah said, give me a biscuit, and I promise you that your oil will never run out and your flour will never be empty. And she did that. And if you know that story from the Old Testament, her oil never ran out, and her flour never emptied. And Jesus talked about that story in the New Testament. Whether it's your offering, the, the dear lady I talked about Wednesday night, 16 years of age, I'm at Christ's Hospital, we're going up the elevator together, just her and me, and I look at her and I, I say, do you work here? And she laughed and she said, how old do you think I am? I said, uh, 21, 22, uh, she said, I'm 16. I said, I guess you don't work here. What are you doing here, if you don't mind? Do you have someone here in the hospital? She said, I'm volunteering my time. I said, you're 16 years old and you're volunteering your time at the hospital. I said, my goodness. She said, I had a brother who was sick for four or five years. I basically grew up in the hospital with him being sick so often. And there were so many people that were angels to us when he was so sick. And I just figured that I would pay back my time by doing to others what they did to us during that time of great need. God be with you this week as you pray over offerings and time and talents and treasures and pledges. God be with you this week in our Savior's name. Amen. Folks, would you rise for a moment? Lord, when your Spirit descended on that first day of creation, everything exploded into life. And when the Spirit descended, it didn't last for a week, a month, or a year. It's still going on. It's still going on. The universe is still expanding. The, the grave is empty. When you sent your Son, Jesus... And he gave of himself on the cross. The salvation effected by his death and resurrection, it affects lives until the end of time. I know that my loved one is safe with you in heaven. I know that when I leave this earth, I shall be there in a blink of an eye. Lord, wisdom, power, and love for your people that we might be moved for the sake of your kingdom, in our Savior's name, amen. I want to show this video, Bill Hasenjäger, and then we will take the offering. My wife and I got married in 1993. We lived in Oak Forest, and 
needed to be closer to church. So we joined Trinity. A few months after we joined, Pastor Strand had started a series of sermons about tithing. Now, we gave regularly, but we had never tithed before. As we went on, I became more and more convinced that we needed to. It took my wife a little while longer, but she came around too. The difficulty was we didn't have much money. Both of us had gone back to college as adults looking for career changes. We had a young child that seemed to get sick every time the wind shifted direction. We had a car that broke down every other time the wind shifted direction. So as we listened to this series of sermons, we thought, okay, really, God, you know, there are times we don't know how we're going to buy groceries or pay the bills. How are we going to give more money than we're already giving? But as I said, we became convinced that we had to try. Malachi 3.10 promises us that if we bring our tithe in, God is going to bless us. And so we did. We started tithing. And lo and behold, the child didn't get sick as often. The car quit breaking down and ran for months at a time with no problems. I was given overtime hours at my part-time job. Later, I was offered a full-time position with that company. So we saw very clearly uh, that God had started to, to pour out that storehouse of blessings. So for us, it was kind of a no-brainer, and it's been that way ever since. Not to say that we haven't had struggles, but really, we've always known that God is going to provide for us, and, and He has. We've trusted Him to do that, and, and He does. We moved away in 1995, after we had both finished schooling and got jobs, and then came back a couple years ago. Hearing Pastor Strand preach, he is one of those preachers that is, I think, kind of rare in that you often feel as if he's preaching directly to you and he can put God's Word into everyday language that's easy to understand. So it was, in a way, like coming home for us. I have uh, no problem giving. I, I would give more if I could. And, and, you know, it may be that we're at a period where God is going to say, okay, it's time to grow a little more, too. I have no hesitation about giving my gifts here because I do believe that the church is going to appropriately use those, first the financial gifts, and then my time and talents is what helps hold it all together. I think that Trinity is wanting to use those gifts for the benefit of the people that will be or are members of God's community. When I hear fast forward, I think how quickly my life has gone by. Although it sometimes seems like a long, long time until Christ is coming back, how quickly the days are coming when He really will. Thus, the urgency that we have to spread the gospel message so that others will come to that knowledge and accept God. I hope that by our gifts, whether it be financial or time and service, that we can build something lasting, maintain it. A lot of people have worked for, I think it's 160 some years now, 
to make this congregation exist and grow. Trinity is very much a congregation that is, in my opinion at least, looking to the outside, trying to spread the word of God through the communities in which we exist. Whatever little I have to offer is nothing compared to what he's given me. Heavenly Father, may your spirit continue to descend upon this church. These videos, including this one by Bill, your spirit has touched those who speak. And they point out time and time again, this is all about the ministry that God has effected in this place. Bless as only you can, in our Savior's name, amen.